Shall we pray? Father in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your generosity. We thank you that you are good and you are good to us. We thank you that you are kind and you are kind to us. We thank you for filling our mouth with laughter. We thank you for crowning us with loving kindness. We thank you for deliverance, for protection, for sustenance, for guidance. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for ministering angels. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you leave the 99 to come after the one. We thank you that you never give up on us. We thank you that we can call you our Father. And most importantly, we thank you that you call us your children. We pray and may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen and amen and amen. We thank God for tonight and we thank God for an opportunity to have discussions with him through the pages of scripture. And not too soon, we are looking at our final episode of what you have been studying for the past six weeks on the topic, Walking with the Father. Walking with the Father. We should look at two people that have been um, described, whose lives have been described to have walked with God. The first one being Papa Enoch from Genesis 5, verse 22 and 24, that Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God had taken him. Then we looked at Genesis chapter 6 about the man named Noah, when God wanted to destroy the world with the flood, and he considered, and on the Bible said, and Noah found grace in the sight of God. And the Bible said, and Noah walked with God. In fact, the NIV version says, and Noah walked faithfully with God. So we started saying, or we started about six weeks ago, and we looked at what it means to work with God and what it would take to work with God. So to work with God means to please God. Hebrews 11 verse 6, after talking about Enoch in the verse 5, he says that for without faith it's impossible to please God. He that comes to the Father must believe that he is. And it's a reward of them that diligently seek him. And this is what Enoch did. That's in the verse 5, that before Enoch was translated, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And Genesis tells us all that Enoch was doing in his life was working with God. Hebrews translates the working with God to mean to please God. And in the same Hebrews tells to please God means to walk by faith. And to walk by faith simply means to do things just because God's word says so. To walk with God means to agree with God. Hebrews um, Amos chapter 3 verse 3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? And I think in last week's episode, we looked at the things we are supposed to agree with God in. We are supposed to have the same value systems. And God gave us two things that we must value. We must value the people he valued. For God so loved the world of people that he gave his only son. So if God died for pure human beings, you cannot not like human beings and expect to work with God. The next thing God values is what he has deposited inside of you. What pleases God the most in our lives is how well we work with the gifts he has deposited inside of us. And tonight, we just want to look at the last aspect of what it means to work with God. Luke chapter 9, from verse number 57 to 62. Luke number 9, chapter number 9, verse number 57 to 62. As they were walking along the road, this is very important. 
So Jesus was not stationary. He did not go and visit somebody. But he and his disciples were walking. All right. A man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Verse 59, he said to another man, follow me. So the first guy, he came to him and said, I will follow you. But for the second guy, it was Jesus who approached him as they were walking and said, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first, let me go and bury my father. First, let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you will go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Verse 61. Still another said to still another said, I will follow you. So it was only the second person that Jesus gave the offer to. But the third person that I will follow you. But first, so the second guy said, first, let me bury my father. The third guy is saying, first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service of the kingdom of God. Oh, what a wow. We bless God for his word. And if we use some translations, they title this portion of the scripture, the cost of following Jesus. And it applies to our discussion, the cost of following God or the cost of working with God. And like there's so much Jesus has said in these few verses, but we try and just stick to working with God. So from this passage of scripture, we have gotten another meaning of what it means to work with God, which means to have or to express unreserved commitment to God. To work with God is to please God. To work with God is to agree with God. To work with God is to value what God values. And to work with God is to demonstrate unreserved commitment to God. And Jesus was saying that, I know you want to work with me now. It's, it's, it's all fancy when we are at service or in a garden, let us work with God. It looks like a fancy statement. But Jesus is saying that there's a price that you must pay. And Jesus is quite interesting because Jesus seems like as though he was sucking people away from him. There was a time this rich young ruler came to see him and said, Oh, master, all my life <laughs> I've been pleasing or I've been obeying the commandment. And after Jesus did that, he rose out, he read that truly, 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 it's true. Said, okay, there's a final test, your final exam. He says, go and sell all you have and follow me. And the Bible said, and the rich young ruler went away with his head bowed because he had many possessions. And frankly speaking, if it was us, we would not have looked for this man to go away. We would have come, oh, come as you are. Jesus would accept you. God will accept you. We are doing everything to keep people. Of course, we are called to be fishers of men. But if you look at it at the, at the surface value, it's as though Jesus was making deliberate attempts to sack people. Somebody comes here, I will follow him. Just say, okay, Charlie, go and see Peter, write your name in the registry. Go and see Judas, pay the dues, and let's move. He says, foxes have dens, birds have nests. I have no place to sleep. <laughs> Jesus has a very interesting way of following Jesus. Now he sees another person and this time he takes the initiative. Follow me. And this guy says, let me go and bury my father. You are saying you have a problem with that. Let the bird dead bury their dead. Then the next one, the third guy, he comes and says, oh, I will follow you, but shall I make a go say goodbye? Let me say goodbye to my parents. I must, at least salutation. It is rude to just abandon your family like that. And Jesus said that if you put your hand to the floor and you look back, you are not worthy of the service of the kingdom of God. This is also very important to work with God is to be worthy of service in the kingdom of God. But we don't want to look at look into that. But there's a direct relation with the kingdom of God and what we are talking about. But hopefully in another discussion, we'll look at that. We just want to look at what it really means and the price we really have to pay if we genuinely want to work with God. 
Because at the face value, Jesus was literally sucking people away. He was saying that you really don't know what you want. You really don't know what you are asking for. I know it looks all glamorous. It looks all dignified to be a Christian, especially in this time and age where Christianity seems to be like a, a reasonable religion to belong to. Because several years ago, Christianity was not as it was now. Everybody is so quick to identify as a Christian because it looks like it is the ish of the day. Christianity has become a swag. But Jesus was saying that there's a price to pay if you're going to work with me. So Jesus was simply making them appreciate the hardness of the kingdom, the hardness of working with God. He was letting them appreciate the sacrifice it will take if you want to work with the Father. And for our final episode, God is saying, I know you have learned about six things, six fantastic things about what it means to work with me and how you can work with me. But go through the pages of scripture and through this conversation between Jesus and three people. He's letting us know that there's a price to pay. And if you're not willing to pay the price, no need to stress yourself. The hardness of the kingdom, the sacrifice of the kingdom. That's the first thing that Jesus made to let them appreciate. And the second thing that he made them appreciate is that the kingdom of God or working with God is worth anything more in this life. And until you have that value system, that there's nothing worth more in this life and beyond than working with the Father, you cannot work with the Father because God will test everything in your life. You remember what he told Abraham? Bring me your son, the one you love. God will always attack the one you love. Because until he is the first, you are not worthy of working with him. So those are the first thing that we must appreciate in this before we peruse into each of them, their request and Jesus' response. To work with God, you must really ask yourself, do you appreciate the effort it will take to work with the Father? Do you appreciate the sacrifice, the discomfort you would have to go through to work with the Father? And the only way you can do that is if you value him more than anything else in this world. And of course, we'll be quick to say, oh, I love you. You are the love of my life. You are the hope that I create. You'll be, we all sing these things, withholding nothing and all the rest. But when he lifts up the knife over your eyes, like, will that still be your soul? Let's not be quick to answer these things. And that's why Jesus, when he told them this thing and he noticed that Charlie, they were daily darling, he did not bother because he knows the price it pays. And he himself, at Gethsemane, he wanted to give up on this journey. So let's look. The first thing that this guy goes, and in some translation, they let us know that the person who approached Jesus was a scribe, an educated person. He said, I will follow you. And Jesus looks at this guy and says, You, this guy, I've got your PhD. You appreciate, you want to be a noble person. You appreciate the need for education, the need to belong to a particular class. But unfortunately, the person you are working with, he doesn't have a place to sleep. In fact, he is so devalued that even foxes and birds have a place to lay their head. I have no place to lay my head. Are you willing to take on this journey with me? He said that there is no promise for a good life. Because if you are following me because you think that some way, somehow, there's a good life in store for you, think twice about this thing. Because what I'm going to offer you is not dignity. What I'm going to offer you, it is not a seat at the table of men. What I'm going to offer you is not what this world will value. The comfort of this world. That's why, again, in, in Romans 14, verse the last verse, I think verse 21, Paul said, for the kingdom of God, remember, Jesus always likened it to the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God is not about meat and drink. 
So you said that what you are saying that you are following me in your mind, you are thinking I'm going to give you meat and drink. It's like the people who came to Jesus and they wanted to make him a king after. In fact, the only time they attempted to make Jesus king was after he fed them with the five loaves and the two fishes. What food can do? Mercy. But Jesus is saying that the way you are an educated scribe, the way you have gone to school, you have paid school fees, you appreciate the need for research and all those things. You sit among intellectuals. I can't promise you this good life. I can't promise you the riches you think you are going to get. I can't promise you the fame. But what I can promise you is true riches. And here's where many people despise what true riches are. He's saying that in this world, you have trials of many kinds, but be of good cheer. So what God is promising you is joy. Romans 14, 21, for the kingdom of God is about meat and drink, but about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So what he's telling this man is that you may not appreciate what I'm going to give you. You may be coming looking for a duplex, looking for an apartment, looking for accommodation, but I am so low, I am so downgraded that I have no place to sleep. And all I can offer you is peace. All I can offer you is joy. All I can offer you is righteousness because this is what the kingdom is made up of. This is what working with me is made up of. And many of us will despise them because for many of us, we want to make it whatever that means to you. And that's the first price you need to pay if you really want to work with God. You must give up your yearning for these things because one day God will lift up his knife over Isaac and ask you, are you willing to commit to me? I have nothing to offer you. I don't even have a place to sleep. Are you sure you want to follow me? Look at when people are campaigning. They make all fantastic promises. I remember there was a scenario of a president that promised to build a, an airport in a particular place. And after several years, he, when he won the election, he goes back to the place for a festival. And the people reminded him that, Wafa, he said you build as an airport. What happened? And the guy said, me, I never said that. Why will I say that you mean an airport? You we are close to the beach or you are close to the sea. What do you mean support? Oh, the guy did analysis. Like, ah, we knew all these things, but you came to promise us airport. So we there are taking our airport. And the guy said he didn't promise. Lo and behold, they went to bring his video of him standing and campaigning, promising an airport. And when he saw the video, he was so ashamed of himself that uh, he was at the heat of the moment and he was talking. I said, what a wow. And the heat of, and that's what many people do. We will say anything just to get some things. I remember... And some colleagues at work, we always tease ourselves when we are tired at work or maybe the workload has become too much. Then we tell ourselves that, ah, when you came for an interview, didn't you say you can work under pressure? Didn't you say you can multitask? Oh yeah, do the work now. <laughs> because when you are at the interview, we need that job. And they say, can you do this? I can do this. Can you do I can do this. Can you come to work at 7 o'clock? I can come. Can you come on weekend? Hey, you will promise the heaven and hell. You will promise the thing that we don't have just to lay word on some things. Now, when we get the job and they say, come doing weekends, we say, eh, I have a family. I don't know I have a family. How can I come in the weekend? Will you give me allowance? I say, hey, cool. When you're coming for the job, you didn't know. That's what many of us will do. And just say, don't be emotional about your decision. I know it is an excellent thing to work with me, but unfortunately, it's a hard thing to work with me. It will cost you your comfort. It will cost you your accommodation. But there's something that I can give you in return, and that is me. I am the value. I am the reward of working with me. A version said that Jesus said unto the man, Look at me, look at me, for foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said, I am the reward of working with me. That's why if you do not genuinely love God, if you do not genuinely desire God, 
you will be exposed at the end of the day because all that he has to offer is himself and until you genuinely see that if you have jesus you have everything you will never make the required steps to walk with god do you appreciate the cost of working with the father that you give up everything people are chasing in this world just to put a smile on his face and of course peter asked that we have left everything to follow you are we at a disadvantage and we know the answer to that question but then god must prove you to know that genuinely speaking he is the love of your life that's why god doesn't promise us a place to sleep what he promises us is trials and temptations of many kind but because you know whom you are following you can be a good chair because he has overcome The second person he approaches this person and he goes like follow me and the guy says in verse 15 like Lord let me first go and bury my father and this seems like a very reasonable thing but then when I started reading I made us take note of what it says in the very first line of um the verse 57 as they were walking along the road so this guy or this who were disciples of Jesus they were walking with Jesus because Jesus used to go from town to town city to city within a particular um catchment area and so this who were walking with him so why then did they come and say I want to follow you because they realized that there are levels in this walk that for most of them when Jesus is in the neighborhood they will follow him to do his rounds within the neighborhood knowing very well that he won't leave them empty handed just by following him for a day they are short of their daily meal or their three square meal so these people were people were walking with Jesus so why then did this guy go and say let me bury my father first because looking at it at face value it would seem as though the guy has just gotten the news that his father is dead but that was not the case what this guy is simply saying that i want to follow you but i don't want to offend my father let my father die first and i'll follow you because i value the way my father sees me more than i value the way you see me so let me bury my father first because according to the jewish culture if this man's father was truly sick at the point of death he would not have been working with jesus he would have him the culture would demand that he lay by his father's side and you know, most of the times so at least for the patriarchs they receive a fatherly blessing during that time but this guy was simply telling jesus that let my father die first before i can follow you because i'm concerned about my father's opinion i don't want to offend my father my father has paid school fees for me to become a phd holder in aeronautic engineering i can't give up all these things to follow you so let me bury him first and jesus said that let those who are dead bury their dead but you go and proclaim the kingdom of god if you need to follow jesus you will need to remove the buts and the if That's why I said that following Jesus means to have unreserved commitment. Unreserved commitment. Say that your issue is not with death, but your business is to is about life. Because you go and proclaim the kingdom. Don't be focused about dead things. This word post that I count all things but dunk for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. You know I know you value your father's opinion. I know you value certain people's opinion, but these opinions are valuing their deadness. But you have been called to proclaim light. You have been called to reconcile men back to God. There is nothing else you should value. There's no one's opinion you should value more than that of God's opinion for your life. He said, "Lord, first let me go and bury my father." He said that the first thing I must do before I can follow you is to bury my dad. And Jesus letting him know 
that until you are willing to take away all the buts and the ifs. Oh God, I'll follow you if when I finish school. Oh God, I'll serve you when I become a millionaire. Right now, you know, I'm trying to make it in life for this contract. I'm looking for this job. When I land this job, I'll be able to serve you. When I go to America, I'll be able to serve you. When I finish school, I'll be able to. We have given God so many conditions of things we want to do first before we can follow him. And Jesus said that if you need to work with the Father, your first desire should be Him and nothing else. The one whose opinions that should matter the most in your life should be Him and no one else. But just take a scroll along social media and you see how directly opposite this is in many people's life. Lord, let me go and bury my Father. But Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you have not been called to bury dead people. You have been called to proclaim life. You must focus on the mission that God has given to you if you are going to walk with God. The last guy, which is very similar to the second guy, said that I would follow you. But first, so both the second guy and the third guy had something they wanted to do first. And when they had sorted out that thing, when you have established your company, it's like the way most young people, as well as the men, will be like, oh, I want to have my own accommodation, have two cars before I would marry. They want everything settled in their life <laughs> before they feel like they are ready to marry. And that's what these people are doing. They want to sort out certain things before they feel like they can make that undeserved commitment. And Jesus said to this guy, that anybody who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for service in the kingdom of God. He's simply saying that if you constantly keep looking at your ex, comparing your wife to your ex, or comparing your current beloved to your ex, oh, Adwa used to do this, Adwa used to say this, Adwa used to dress like this, you are just a ticking time bomb, you will go back to Adwa. Even if you don't go back to Adwa, you will not be content where you are. And Jesus is saying that unless you disconnect from your old life, immediately and focus on the new life you have in Christ Jesus, you are not worthy of the kingdom. If you keep comparing, when I used to be in the world, I used to make this amount of money. When I used to be in the world, I used to be able to do this thing. But there's so much restriction and constraints in this fellowship. I can't have more than what three girlfriends or boyfriends. I can't steal. I can't do this. I can't lie. I can't gossip. If you see these things as a problem, it means that you don't really appreciate the kingdom you have become part of. You don't really appreciate who you are working with because nothing means nothing means anything close to what God should mean in your life. He says, first, let me go and say goodbye to my family. And he says that if you put your hand to the plow and you look back, you are not worthy of the kingdom. Simply say now with God, there should be no buts and ifs. With God, there should be no condition. He is our master and he deserves our unreserved commitment to him. If you need to work with the Father, you must be willing to know that foxes will have dens, birds will have nests, but the person you are following has no place to sleep. If you are going to work with the Father, it will mean that God should be the first. His opinion should matter the most. If you are going to work with the Father, it means that you should have no business doing with the past. Remember Lot's wife. Instead of her focusing on the journey set ahead of her, she kept looking back to the journey that God, or to the place that God had delivered her from. And because of that, she was not worthy of the kingdom. Are you worthy of the kingdom? Are you willing to remove the buts and the ifs, the conditions you have given God before you serve him? 
It reminds me of a person in the Bible called Herod, the one that John the Baptist every evening he was preaching to. And the Bible said this guy was sleeping with his, I think, his brother-in-law's wife. And John the Baptist was telling him that, Charlie, what are doing is not right. And the interesting thing was that this Herod knew about it, but he just could not give up Herod's wife, um, his sister's wife. So the one that every evening he will call for John and John will come and preach to him. And that's how many of us are. We like listening to John the Baptist speak. We like to be associated with John the Baptist. But there's one sacrifice that you must make that would disconnect you from the old life, that would disconnect you and connect you to working with God. And that's where many of us get stuck in. Many of us are stuck between loving God with all our hearts and loving our career. You should see the way people use career as an excuse not to serve up God's purposes for their lives. Because their bats and the ifs in their life are their careers. And you know, most of these things, they are not evil things. You know, if you say money, oh, people understand if money is a bad, uh, is distracting you from God. Most of the things that take the first place in your life will not be evil things per se for a Christian. It's going to be things like your career. It's going to be things like marriage. It's going to be things like your children. Many of us idolize our marriages. Many of us idolize marriage. So for us, as long as we don't have that marriage, our relationship with God is not the best. The thing that will validate God's goodness in our lives is when we have that job. So truly, it is not God that is the center of our lives. Truly, it is not God we want to work with. It is money we want to work with. Because if indeed He is the Lord of your life, if indeed He is all that matters in your life, when you have Him and you don't have those things, you should still be full of joy. You should still be full of joy. But is that the case? Look at the way we complain and we mama when we don't get that job, when we don't get that opportunity, when we are told, unfortunately, you have not been selected, when you have been declared that opportunity. Look at the way it, it, it kills your vim for God and His work. Because actually, those are the things that you value more than God. And I like the way God Himself has told us categorically that I am a jealous God. Like he doesn't leave room for ambiguity. He doesn't make you think about it. He doesn't, he takes away the burden of age. God really, he has told us plainly that when we're doing all the Arthurian patterns, we looked at this, that God clearly says that he's a jealous God. But most of us, we are like Herod. We are holding on to God at the same time, holding on to our brother's wife. But God is saying you are going to walk with him. You must let go of everything else and everyone else. If you are going to work with him. So this evening discussion, Jesus is just making us appreciate the cost of working with God. It will cost you your comfort. It will cost you that security that you yearn for. We all yearn to have a certain amount of money in our bank account to give us that security. It will cost us the security of knowing that we have people we can follow. Because you would have no one but yourself on that day. Like Jesus on the road to get Gethsemane. He was the only one there. And that's how this journey of working with God will be like. It's a personal encounter. It's a personal thing. And you must let go of everything and hold on to only God if you are going to work with Him. The way people can give up everything for a career. You see the way most Ghanaians men leaving a very good job, leaving their family behind, leaving everything behind just to go to Europe. Because they feel like getting landing in Europe will solve all their problems. You see the way people are willing to disregard friends and um, 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 severe good relationships just because they have a boyfriend now or they have a girlfriend now. They are willing to put everything they have into that person, into that thing, into that venture. And yet, on a Sunday morning, they will tell God that they want to work with him. And God is saying, you must have a certain value for me, for you to qualify to work with me. The cost of working with God is that you can only hold on to God 
and let go of everything else. If you are willing to meet these three criteria, then you are willing and ready to walk with God. We are not saying that it in an instant, be able to make all these sacrifices. We are not saying that in an instant you will obey God 100%. But we are saying that you have made that commitment, that willingness, that as much as is possible, it's only God who have the center in your heart. It's only God who will be the center of your life. And trust me, you can give God an answer. But one day, God will raise the knife over Isaac. Then you will truly know if you really lived for him or you lived for something else. Then you really know if you really worked with him or you worked with somebody else. Shall we pray? We need help. If you are going to work with God, there's a price to pay. There's a cost to follow Jesus. And we will need his help. Withholding nothing. We need to surrender all. That's why Paul said, I beseech you, brethren, in your bodies as a living sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. He wants it all. He wants it all. Many of us, we are looking back. We are looking back. Ah, when I used to be an unbeliever, and my relationship was great. So sometimes you have a disagreement with your beloved, and you there's no girl you can follow on for a rebound activity. You're like, ah, the one I was not a Christian. When this girl is seeing your body, I'll just call a Rama, and everything will be set. But that's the price it pays to work with God. Ah. Now you must put God first. You must value Him. You must value His opinion more than anything else. You must appreciate the value of working with God. Pray and speak to God. That God help us. Help us at least to be willing to make this commitment. At least to sit in our hearts. The Bible said, and Daniel purpose in his heart. Help us to purpose in our hearts. That we are going to walk with you. We are with you. That in not work with God, no one work with God. And so you will also work with God. Father, give us help, give us grace. Help us, Lord. Strengthen us, Lord. Even as you have revealed unto us the costs of walking with you. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Wow, what a discussion with God. There's a price to pay, unfortunately. And it's not just with God. Everything we do, there's a price to pay. People who work in the so-called multinational companies, they pay a certain price. People who are not able to be there for their children's anniversaries, that's the price they are willing to pay. So either you pay the price with God or you pay the price somewhere else. But surely you will pay the price. So I beseech you, brethren, that join us and let's pay the price to walk with God. Remember, we are still giving our very best and we are going to owe no man nothing but love because that's what it takes to work with God. See you next week, even as we begin preparing for Christmas, as God gives, begins to give us signals that His Son is reincarnated in the form of a man. See you next week, and thank you for being with us for yet another Friday. Invite your friends, reach this podcast on all the other podcast platforms that you are on, and you can join the Telegram family by searching the household of the Father. See you next week, and bye-bye.